Quick question for you. Are you a Federal Access member yet? If you're a government contractor, you need a Federal Access account. You can get started today with a free membership. Just visit federal-access.com forward slash game changers. Free members get access to about 20 documents and templates as well as our video training playbooks. More importantly, this gets you in the RSM Federal ecosystem and makes you part of our community. So go grab your free account today at federal-access.com forward slash game changers. Now let's hop into this episode. The big question is this, if government contracting is supposed to be so easy, why do so many companies fail to win even a single contract while others dominate the market? That's the question and this podcast will give you the answers. In today's episode, you go one-on-one with best-selling author and master business coach Michael Lejeune to learn exactly how to take your government contracting business to the next level. I want to give you three tips today to help you better manage your teams. Every team under the sun has some percentage of top performers. It's usually in the 10 to 20% at the max range of your team are the top performers. Everybody else is either average or maybe a little below average. I'm not a big advocate on firing the people that are average or even some of the ones that are below average if they're all performing at what I would consider your standard, which brings me to the first point. When you are managing people, you should number one, have a standard. If you don't have a standard of what you're trying to get each person to achieve in whatever role they have, but especially in sales, then you're failing the team by not having that standard. So having a standard is number one. And number two is communicating the standard. If you're not clearly communicating the standard, then that's on you. And if they're missing it, it's on you. The number three thing about that is having the tools in place to help them meet those standards. So those are just a couple of points right out of the box here that will help you manage your whole team. But here's the thing that I want to zero in on today. What I have found in most organizations is a lot of leaders, and I don't know what the the rationale here is, but I find that a lot of very educated leaders do this. So like the more degrees and initials you have behind your name, I often find these people doing this. It is what it is. So if you're one of those people that have multiple degrees, you have a bunch of initials behind your name, maybe you'll you find yourself guilty of this. So just bear with me for a few minutes. Most people that I just described there micromanage the top performers because they're really trying to treat everybody as equal and you just can't do that. Like schools are really big on, hey, let's set everybody on KPIs and numbers and reporting and all these different systems. And guess what? Top performers just don't like that stuff. I have a really simple way to help you avoid micromanaging the top performers because I'll tell you, micromanaging a top performer is the fastest way to make them quit. They get frustrated with that. They just want to do their job. Whether it's digging ditches or making sales phone calls, just want to do their job. They don't want to be bogged down with constant reporting. The the worst to me is when you have a daily report and daily phone calls and you're like, look, I'm spending so much time in meetings and reporting and software. I'm not doing what I want to do, which is make money or dig ditches, you know, whatever the thing is. We have to make their lives better. The argument to that or the pushback is, well, Mike, I want to treat everybody fairly. So here's the answer. In order to treat everybody fairly, you can just rank your team. 
I'll say that again. You can just rank your team. When you're looking at somebody, again, let's focus on the sales team today. You can start as, say, like an apprentice level, and then they have to meet certain metrics in order to bump up to, say, junior salesperson. And then they have to meet certain metrics in order to bump up to senior salesperson or whatever you want to call the levels. I typically only recommend like three levels. So there's the people starting out and they're really in training. That's what it really boils down to. They're in some sort of training mode for that first three to six months that they're with the company. After that first three to six months in the company, they should bump up to the next level where they are at worst an average performer. Okay. And I know. I know that's not super awesome to think, hey, they're an average performer. But average performers are bringing in serious revenue. They're doing a great job, but they may not be in that top, you know, five to 10%. As they're going through in that second level where they're they're just a performer in the business, you know, the people that are the top performers will start to stand out. They'll pull away from the pack. Well, when those people hit certain metrics, they become senior salespeople on the team. And all you have to do is it each level just change what their daily reporting or weekly reporting requirements are. That's all you have to do to say, hey, you you don't have to have all this put in the CRM every single day. You don't have to be on these sales calls every single morning or, you know, three times a week or whatever it is. You know, you, you have more flexibility. So as you prove yourself, okay, you should be able to have more bonuses or, you know, whatever you want to call it, more flexibility, you know, just the opportunity to self-manage yourself because that's the other part of it. A lot of top performers are already self-managing themselves. So there's no need for you to micromanage them. Again, it's just going to tick them off and make them leave the company. Again, I understand why there's such a need for control because one, you want to make sure everything is being done the way you want it. That's there. And the other one is the whole equality thing. I I don't want anybody to be like, well, why doesn't Mike have to you know, show up to these meetings? And why doesn't Mike have to, you know, do this? And why doesn't Mike, well, guess what? Mike's a top performer in the company. He got those benefits of not having to be in those meetings because he's proven that he can self-manage. And the day you can prove it, you will rise to that level as well. That's just a really simple way. You rank the people on the team. As they rank up, they get more flexibility and benefits that come with that. And it just makes life easy for them. The other cool thing is you're giving them clear targets to rank themselves. You're not saying, hey, you got to be in this role for six months before you're allowed to rank up. No, if you're here for three weeks and all of a sudden your numbers are in that middle category, bump them up. If they are in the middle category for two more days and all of a sudden they're hitting the top numbers, bump them up again. Now, here's the thing. You should also have a minimum of, hey, you've got to maintain whatever these standards are. And if you don't, you're going to fall back down. If you are in the top tier, you know, of, of the top performers and all of a sudden you have a bad month, it shouldn't drop you down to the middle tier again. You just had a bad month. But if you have two, three, maybe four bad months in a row, maybe you do drop back down because you're not self-managing properly. Again, that's just a simple way of keeping the folks ranked. They can 
You know, they can not only get rank, they can lose rank. And that really winds up in some sort of, I don't want to say remedial training, but that's really what it is. Some remedial training to help them get back in shape so that they can get back to their level. At the end of the day, it's all encouragement based. There's no punishment. Well, I guess, you know, being in an extra meeting may feel like punishment, but there's more carrots than there are sticks in this type of thing where you're trying to incentivize them to move forward, to rank up. And you can even build their commission plans based on that. Like, hey, hey, as a, you know, an an entry level apprentice salesperson, maybe your commission's 10%, but once you bump up to the junior level, it's 15 or 18%. And once you get to senior level, it's 25% or whatever the percentage is. I'm just throwing that out there for you. So you can build those things in as well as bonuses and other kind of stuff. You can build all of that into their commission plans so that you are incentivizing them to go to the next level, self-manage themselves, and drive more business into, into the company. That is way better than micromanaging them with endless meetings and checklists and all this kind of stuff. There's just no need to micromanage top performers. But there's a need to manage the business. So follow these rules, the you know these tips here. And if you have any questions, you know how to reach me. I would be happy to sit down and brainstorm what your compensation plan would look like in a coaching session with me. So if you'd like to do that, you know how to reach me. Hop on uh, either email or on LinkedIn. Shoot me a message. Tell me that you have a question about compensation plans and managing top performers. And I'll know exactly what you're talking about. And we'll get a, a session all squared away. With that, I will see you next time. Thanks for listening to Game Changers for Government Contractors. For a full list of episodes and other resources, be sure and check us out on the web at www.rsmfederal.com slash game changers.